Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Ann Owens, and I serve as a Stephen leader with the Stephen Ministry and our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. We come to you, gracious God, as a community of people who realize all is not well with us. We come longing for a wholeness that eludes us. At times we flee from you. We are afraid to let you get too close. But today we dare to enter your presence with the intention of letting you heal us and draw us close. Hear us, O God, and be gracious to us. O God, be our helper. Turn our mourning into dancing so our souls may praise you and not be silent. Touch us with your love. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? O God, you are my God, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. And because your steadfast love is greater than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live, and I will lift up my hands and call on your name. Let us worship God. Hear these words from 1 John chapter 1 and verses 9 and 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and God's word is not in us. And if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and all our unrighteousness. Trusting God's promise, let us pray our confession together. God of life, grant us your forgiveness. We have been heedless in our thoughts, cruel in our words, shameful in our actions. 
We are indifferent to a world made sad by want and wastefulness. We pass by on the other side when our neighbor in need. We wander from the way that leads to peace in paths of our own pleasing. God of life, grant us your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, may the God of mercy who forgives you all your sins, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, as forgiven people, let us greet one another in Christ's name. Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms on this wonderful day. It's a big day here at Church of the Palms. We are having our Mission Expo today. We look forward to this every year and uh, we are thankful. If you not, did not yet notice, there is this huge white tent out there in the middle of the courtyard and underneath it, 
will be after this service scores and scores of our mission partners, folks who are ministering in the name of Jesus Christ all over the world. We have called them in from hither and yon to be with us this weekend. Many of you had the chance to hear them over the course of these last several days, but you'll now get a chance to meet them face to face. They will be set up at tables and there to tell you a little bit about their ministry and the ways by which you make a difference in the world. So we hope that you will take a time, a moment to go out that way or that way uh, to the tent and uh, find their wonderful people who are serving in the name of Jesus Christ. So we're grateful for this day and especially thankful to our mission committee who uh, have worked so tirelessly to make this week and weekend such a, a wonderful time for us to meet our, our friends in Christ. So give the mission committee a big round of applause, would you? We, uh, of course, we invite you to fill out the friendship pads and pass those toward the ends of the aisles and the pews and make sure that you uh, note those folks are sitting near you and invite that person after the service to join you under the tent. Speaking of mission, we are uh, participating in another mission effort in these weeks of our sponsorship of our student ministry here at Church of the Palms. We had 26 confirmands this weekend in a confirmation retreat, one of the larger classes we've had. And uh, so we rejoice in that, and we rejoice in your sponsorship. We have already made 80% of our goal of $25,000, just $5,000 short of uh, sponsoring all of our student trips this summer, and we hope that you will want to participate. Thank you to the 272 households who have already participated, but we would love for you to continue in that effort over these next couple of weeks. There's a sponsorship form, I believe, if not in your pew, there will be available in the back. We have a new parenting workshop today and we invite uh, parents of children six years and younger uh, to join uh, together upstairs in the education building for a parenting workshop to learn a little bit about the challenges of raising uh, a, a younger one. And so we invite you to come and be a part of that. Next week, next Sunday, we'll have our Tale of Two Pianos concert here in the sanctuary in the afternoon. So please make a point to uh, get a ticket for that and sign up for that to be a part of that uh, great, great uh, musical offering from Genevieve and Jonathan. And also we want to uh, let you know that uh, this evening's class at five o'clock, the life's difficult decisions or questions uh, is postponed. I learned a long time ago, you never schedule anything up against the Super Bowl. So um, <laughs> Presbyterians are faithful, but only so far. Um, <laughs> so we uh, will postpone that until next week when we'll be together uh, as we seek to um, under understand what God is saying to us through our difficult questions of life. As a part of uh, our family of faith, we give a chance to celebrate uh, the comings and goings of people, and uh, we are grateful to see David Wachtel here, who is uh, back with us from a much too long infirmary, but we are grateful that you're with us today, brother. You are the answer to many of our prayers, so we're just thankful that you're with us today. And today is also, and I hope she's watching on TV today, uh, Claire Mader's 102nd birthday. <laughs> Yay. Yay, Claire. So Claire, here's a happy birthday from everybody here. So on a count of three, just wish, say, happy birthday to Claire, okay? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Claire. All right, we love you, Claire. We're so glad that you are worshiping with us on TV. 
You will uh, have the chance to pick up a Spotlight on Missions booklet on your way out the door, and you'll see featured there so many of our mission partners, many of whom you'll meet under the tent today. We are glad to have one of those mission partners to speak with us this morning, Darcy Dryman, who is a, a sister of our congregation who uh, probably needs no introduction. Come on up, Darcy, and join us at the pulpit. Darcy is working with the Seed Company, which is an affiliate of our Wycliffe Bible Translator Partnership, and uh, she has the gift of technology, a gift I do not have, and Darcy is going to share with us a little bit about how she's putting that great gift to work with uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators. Thank you so much. Well, good morning, Church of the Palms. My name is Darcy Dryman, and I am a Floridian. <laughs> I'm really a Sarasotan, too. Um, my mom is Joe Dryman, who's a member here at Church of the Palms, and you all have been a very faithful a supporter of my ministry with Wycliffe Bible Translators. I specifically work with technology solutions in order to accelerate Bible translation at a rate we could have never expected 10 years ago. So thank you for allowing me to share some exciting ways this technology has been used to reach others for Christ. In uh, 2014, let's see if we get this. Yeah, in 2014, we saw in the news a horrible spread of Ebola. Well, this year, we see um, a continuous spreading of Boko Haram in in Nigeria and in neighboring countries. But today, I'm here to share with you that there is something good spreading in Africa. In Chad, there's a, a man named Sikabia. He had uh, micro SD chips, one the size of your thumbnail, that go inside telephones, and he can show video clips of portions of the Jesus film through his phone. One such clip is a story of Jesus calming the storm. When he's crossing the sea with his disciples, a storm came up, and the waves are crashing in the boat and the disciples wake up Jesus, and they say, don't you care we're all about to die? And Jesus stands up, and he says, peace, be still. And the, the waves calmed down, and the wind ceased. And this is a kind of uh, storm that's raging in Africa. We have disease and war and violence and terrorism where people yearn for lasting hope and peace in Africa, and only Jesus can calm that storm. Well, Sakabia chose to share this video clip on his mobile phone to a group of students that were standing in line for something. And they loved the video. And right there, huddled around Sakabia's phone and engaged in conversations, three people decide to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Sakabia says, thank you, thank you, thank you to those who give us these tools adapted to our current generation. Well, scripture says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. This includes technology. So in the past, God has used Billy Graham's ministry on radio and TV. And today, God's using mobile technology and the internet. Please continue praying and giving and encouraging us as we look to the Lord for new ways to reach the uttermost parts of the earth. Some of those new technologies are demoed in the, in the big top tent this morning. We're grateful for your partnership 
With your prayers and financial support, we are able to use the technology of today to reaching others for Christ in a language that speaks to, the, to their heart. Thank you. Thank you, Darcy. We are, of course, in the midst of our stewardship season where we get today to be able to see in person and face-to-face -face the difference that we make in the gifts that we give here at Church of the Palms. And as we come to our time of offering, keep not just uh, the thought of participating in the kingdom of heaven, but also the act of participating in the kingdom of heaven in your minds as we present our tithes and gifts to the Lord.
Let us pray. O Lord, who does not really need our gifts, but who desires a cheerful giver, we pray that you'll receive these offerings in the spirit they were given, along with the dedication of our body, souls, mind, and strength to your full kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And now look who's coming. Somebody who's been gone for a while. We're glad to have uh, Lori back. Thank you. And I still have Carol with me. Even better. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> All right, kids, come on down and have a seat. We have to do some serious talking today. Hmm. So did you guys notice anything out in the courtyard? Anything different or special today? No, wow, interesting. Did anybody walk through the courtyard today, you know, under the tree? Did you see anything? If you look out there right now, can you see something out there that see? Uh, a tent. A tent, thank you, Kara. So have you ever used a tent for anything or seen a tent be used for anything? <gasps> Sydney, come on up. Camping. Camping. Excellent. Anything else? Special events. Special events, like we could have it outside for protection. Anything else? Caroline. The circus. For the circus. Wow, you got all three that I thought of. That's right. Well, do you know who's in our tent today? Missionaries. Do you guys know what a missionary is? It's someone who stays connected to God so that they can share, whoopee, I'm out getting unconnected from this. Wait for it, sorry about that. Goodness gracious, oh, okay. It is someone who stays connected to God so that they can share God's love everywhere in the world, and even in their own backyard. And you know why it's so important to stay connected to God? Because when we're connected to God, what does that say? God. When we're connected to God, we find out what breaks his heart, and then that's what breaks our heart, and that's kind of how he shows us who to love. Well, guess how we stay connected to God? One of the best ways ever is to pray but sometimes we don't know how to pray. And guess what? The disciples didn't even know how to pray. And they saw Jesus praying one day, and you know what they said? Hey, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus said, you betcha. That's what I think he said. I think he said, you betcha. So this is what Jesus taught them. This is how he taught them to pray. So listen to this. Our Father, God, in heaven. Hallowed be your name. That's like praising his name. Woohoo! Your kingdom come. Do you know what God's kingdom is? God's kingdom is love. We're praying that his kingdom of love comes. Your will be done. Oh, it's God's world, God's earth, God's creation. It's his way, not our way. On earth as it is in heaven. Ooh, all that he has going on up there, we want him to bring right down here. Give us this day our daily bread. Mm, God provides us everything we need, food, drink, shelter. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That's a little tricky because sometimes we hurt people and then we have to say we're sorry. And then guess what else? And we have to, for oh, I'm so sorry, Carol. <laughs> we have to forgive others when they hurt us. 
do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. So lead us not into temptation, but when we get there, save us. So this is a great model for us to pray that helps us to be connected to God. And, and so we can share his love all around the world and in, in our own backyard. Let's pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for caring for us and giving us everything that we need every day. We are sorry for the hurts we have caused and help us to forgive those who have hurt us. Speak to our hearts so we can help to bring a little bit of your kingdom here on earth by showing your love everywhere we go. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 21. We are in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. We began to think about the Sermon on the Mount last week as Jesus began that great teaching with the wonderful Beatitudes. And now in the midst of it, we find Jesus teaching on the ways for us to pray and to live. So hear the word of God as it comes to us, beginning at the seventh verse. Jesus speaks and says, when you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray that these words to come will point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. Those of you who are tennis fans may have caught the little story that took place during the Australian Open this past week. American tennis player Tim Smicek was playing 
for his life, his tennis life. The young man from Milwaukee, ranked 112th in the world, was up against perhaps the greatest tennis player in the world, Rafael Nadal. Young Smicek was playing the match of his life, taking that tennis match to five sets and one game away from winning the match of his life. So with everything on the line and Nadal serving in the final game, a spectator shouted in the middle of Nadal's serve, disrupting his rhythm and sending the serve out. An unfortunate turn of events for the champion, which could very well have set the match against him. But Smicek, the underdog, under no obligation from the rules and at great risk of giving away this moment of his life, held up two fingers to the judge, which was the signal to give the champion back his first serve. Request granted, Nadal served, won the point, and later won the match and sent the young American away home, nary a footnote in tennis history. In the wake of Deflategate, the silly story of who was responsible for the deflated footballs in the game two Sundays ago that sent the Patriots to the Super Bowl, it's good to be reminded in the wake of our annual lust to crown the Super Bowl champion that there are some quiet and heroic gestures of fairness in the world. Smicek's story reminded me of the 64 two-man Italian bobsled team in the Innsbruck 64 Olympics who had just finished their second run in record time, putting themselves ahead of the field, preparing for the last run. And up on top of the hill, the British team was preparing for their final run when it was discovered that the axle bolt to their sled had snapped off, rendering it impossible to go down the mountain. When news came to the bottom of the mountain to Eugenio Monti, the Italian captain, that the Brits had this terribly unfortunate circumstance, Monti went to his sled, detached his axle bolt, sent it up to the Brits to fix their sled. The Brits had an incredible run and won the gold medal. Stories like these are obvious examples of great sportsmanship, but they are also stories that tell the tale of the heart. There's nothing like a public moment when so much of who you are and what you want for yourself is set up against so much of who you are and what you want for yourself. Who wouldn't want the gold medal and who wouldn't want to be the greatest in the land? Why we would give most anything, perhaps even our souls. Times such as these when just a turn of the head or a shrug of the shoulders would get you the trophy require a person to locate their heart. Who am I really? What do I really want out of this life? What am I really called to do? Stories that tell the tale of the heart. Years ago, I had the chance to walk the floor of the New York Stock Exchange with a friend of mine who was a trader on the floor. And we've all seen pictures of the floor of the Stock Exchange, a pretty chaotic place with hundreds of people running around placing trades. And at one point, as we were moving from one part of the floor to the next, my friend was pulled aside by another trader. And for the next 90 seconds outside of my hearing, there ensued a rather intense conversation between the two. When my friend returned, he was silent for several minutes as we continued to walk. And then he proceeded to tell me that what had just happened, that his fellow trader was trying to convince him of doing something just a little bit illegal. Not much, and not that it would ever be noticed. 
but illegal nonetheless. He had declined and then said to me, you know, I get that offer about once a week. And every week it gives me a chance to check my soul. It is the soul that Jesus turns to again and again in his Sermon on the Mount, verse after verse. It seems that Jesus points us to all those moments in our life that tell us the tale of our own hearts, our souls. The Sermon on the Mount is this amazing cardiac exam. Jesus says, let's talk about your heart. If you're letting yourself get angry to the point of calling someone a fool, that's a tale of your heart. If you find your attention drawn to someone outside of your marriage, that's a tale of your heart. If you find yourself harboring a grudge against an enemy, that's a tale of your heart. If you're more interested in seeing how people see you as a good person, a virtuous person, well, that's a tale of your heart. If you're having trouble forgiving someone, that's a tale of your heart. If you're trying to serve two masters at the same time, you're, that's a tale of your heart. And likewise, Jesus says, when it comes to the challenge and blessing of treasure, financial treasure, no surprise, that is a story, Jesus says, that tells the tale of your heart. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume. No, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not consume. For where your treasure is, well, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, the big mistake that you and I make when it comes to this teaching of Jesus, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, is that we, we go only as far with this teaching as to, as to let it make us feel guilty. That there are treasures on earth and treasures in heaven, and boy, I've got more treasures on earth than I probably do in heaven, so I'm a bad person, and I hope God forgives me in the end. That's what we let this teaching do to us. But that's not the point. Jesus doesn't come to make us feel guilty. Jesus comes to wonder with us where are our hearts to be. Jesus comes to check our souls. Where is your heart taking you, Jesus says, and is that where you want your heart really to be? When push comes to shove, do you really want your heart there? Is that about which you want your heart beating most? A friend of mine tells the story of his lusting after the latest version of a BMW motorcycle. I, I don't know enough about motorcycles to be able to tell you about this bike, but he tells me of making this decision finally to buy the model about which he had been lusting for months. And he tells of the feeling of the heart pounding in his chest as he signed the papers and he started the engine as he drove off the lot, pounding his heart with joy. He drives it home, puts it into the garage, goes into the house. On the kitchen table is the mail, and in the mail is the brand new BMW catalog for next year's model. <laughs> and my friend describes feeling his heart slow. long before rust and moth consume, his heart begins to slow. So Jesus wonders with us, 
Where do we want our hearts beating most? What is it that we want for our hearts to be strong for? Who do we wish to have a love affair with? And in particular, Jesus would suggest to us and wonder with us about this love affair we might have with our Father in heaven. It's not that we shouldn't enjoy some of the things of this world in moderation, but Jesus is interested in this love affair we are to have with the Father. What might it mean if with each passing day and week and year, our hearts grow larger for God? What would happen if this heart inside of us grew larger and louder about those things that God seems most concerned about, that we would grow and become unashamed fans of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the start, you see, of fandom. What if we became these outrageous fans for the kingdom of God, that despite whatever pressures we might feel to be something different, someone else, give away perhaps even our souls, we would have the strong and beating heart for God that whatever we might do in public or private, we would wish to please the Father. God doesn't want to guilt us into giving. God wants to grow us into giving. Most of you know I'm a Michigan fan. <laughs> Not a great year to admit that. And let's imagine something that appears more and more unimaginable, and that is that the Michigan football team is playing for the national championship. Jesus will come back before that happens, I know, but. And let's imagine that the game is sold out and I get a call from a friend of mine who has one ticket, a ticket for me, and it only costs $1,000. Cheapest Super Bowl ticket today sells for $9,500. Now any motivation I have to pay to go to that game will not be because of guilt. It will only be because of my fandom. It will come from my heart. It will come from my passion. Because you see, the heart gets us to do amazing things. The heart gets us to do crazy things. The heart gives the serve back to the champion. The heart sends the bolt up the mountain. The heart says no to a shady deal. The heart writes a crazy number on the check. The right the heart writes a crazy number on a pledge card. The heart does some crazy things, and the crazy things have everything to do, not because of guilt, but because of who we're rooting for. Makes me think of the high school football game my brother was playing in. I was up in the stands watching the game with my mother, and my father was down on the sidelines watching the game from up close. And then it happened. My brother intercepted the football, I'm sure quite by accident, and had in front of him had in front of him a clear 50-yard path to the end zone. So off he sprinted. Now the only thing I remember from that moment was not watching my brother run to the end zone, but watching my father in suit and tie, raincoat flapping in the air, cheering at the top of his voice, my father with no thought to anything else, running with his boy to the end zone. <laughs> For where your treasure is, 
there will your heart be also. And so God brings his heart to us in this meal. His heart, his body, his blood, his heart to us. And invites us to bring our hearts to him. And says to us, you're my children. I am your biggest fan. And will you join me in that love? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your might and with all your soul and with all your strength. For this is what Jesus says life is all about. Hearts pounding for God. For where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
God brought his heart to us, and this is a proof of that. The scripture says, people will come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and sit at God's table in God's kingdom to feast. And friends, this is the feast that the Lord has prepared for us. All of us are welcome to bring our hearts back to God and feast here. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received with the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. At the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat of this, remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again. And he will come again. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you that your heart breaks for us, that you loved us in Jesus Christ, that your son Jesus is the sacrifice for the sins of the world. We thank you, O Lord, that your yearning is for us to have our hearts grow and to break with yours for the world, that we may truly discover what joy is, that we may understand what the abundant life might really be. So Lord, we invite you to this table, not because you need invitation, but because by extending you invitation, we remember that we are the ones who have been invited. And pray, O oh God, that we would sense the presence of your Holy Spirit, the grace of your Son, Jesus, and that we may know of that full communion that you yearn to have with all your children. For this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord took bread.
Jesus said, come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and gentle of heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I am the bread of life, says the Lord. Those who believe in me shall never thirst. Those who come to me shall never hunger. Those who believe in me, I shall never cast out. For blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. After supper, Jesus took the cup.
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let us pray. <clears throat> With joy, we give you thanks and praise for these gifts of your son's body and blood. We give you thanks that you love the world so much that you, that you gave your only son, so that everyone who has faith in him may not die, but have eternal life. Help us now to live more fully in the world in which you have placed us, in order to do your calling to us, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. <clears throat>
After the benediction and benediction response, I am going that way. <laughs> and I hope you will come with me. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.